Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast is brought to you by Becker Furniture World, Franzen Bank and Trust, Menards, and Carrier. One. Hello, this is Jim Paulson and my colleague David Levake with the Star Tribune for another edition of Talking Preps. David, how you doing? We are getting down to the end of the football season and soon to be starting the, the winter season. And there's just so much news going on right now. Um, yeah, yeah the, uh, I, I realized that uh, when we were out on Wednesday and Thursday and, and, and we're recording this Friday morning, uh, under normal circumstances, this would have been the state quarterfinals. Um, and we would have been heading inside to uh, U.S. Bank Stadium uh, next week and and getting ready for that, uh, that part of the journey. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been, a, a you know, we, we're, we're limping to the finish line though, aren't we? Not you and I, well, maybe you and I too, but boy, these teams are dropping and, and it's, it's getting a little hairy out there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it reminded me of uh, the blues brothers with the, the, the blues mobile. And he said, oh, we blew a rod and there's <laughs> smoke and they're just going to get to the finish line and they get where they're going and everything falls apart. So, you know, <laughs> Hold everything together right now. That's right. That's right. Um, let's let's continue our mission from God. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, let's talk about some positive things to begin with. Um, last week, uh, basically, you wrote a story about uh, a real inspiring story, frankly, about a young man at St. Paul Humboldt who was a deaf offensive lineman, and he's uh, still um, following his dream. I mean, at the end, the last a couple of paragraphs that you wrote when you talked about this young man, his name is Sam Smith, and that he's still pursuing his dream about wanting to play for the Vikings someday. And that just kind of grabbed me. And it's like, wow, this kid has still got that dream and he's not letting go of it. And that's just so wonderful. So can you tell me a little bit about this Sam Smith? Yeah, Sam Smith, like you said, uh, deaf. He's um, he's a two-way lineman actually for Humboldt uh, offensive and defensive line. Up until this year, he was actually the center. Um, which, which was, which is even more interesting because that's a, you know, as important as a position as it gets. And yet, uh, and he, he was apparently doing it, uh, pretty flawlessly. Uh, they, they switched him up this year because they, they didn't want to keep going on one anymore. They wanted to be able to change up the, uh, the cadence at the line and the snap count. But, but, you know, he, he's a hardworking guy. Uh, he, he's a humble guy. He's, he's works hard in the classroom. He's just, a a real strong example of, of what high school athletics means to, to young men and women and, and, and their development. And uh, he just, uh, you know, he is just a, a story that, that I enjoy to do and put a smile on my face to do it. And that's fortunately, that's been the reaction that I've gotten from people is, Hey, glad we could do this story now. It's so fun to read about a kid like this, right. Especially right now. So it was, it was fun to deliver that. And, and, you, you did something as, as well, uh, as long as we'll continue the mutual admiration parade. You, you picked a couple of fo- very strong football players from Minneapolis. I know it's not the city conference anymore in football, but, but from Minneapolis public schools that I thoroughly enjoyed reading about their uh, rivalry and, and their bond, uh, despite being you know, on different teams and, and chasing uh, the same goals. Niall Dickel of uh, Washburn and Nick Flaskamp of Southwest, two hard-nosed, tough kids playing city football, both battling for the lead in the state tackles. Um, Flaskamp is also a terrific running back for Southwest. Um, and, you know, they knew of each other growing up playing park board football, and, but they didn't actually play each other, which is odd. And you're both coming from the south side. And you never actually meet on the field. 
Um, but like I said, they knew of each other. And when they got to the high school level, they started to, to pay attention to what the other one was doing. Flaskamp even said that at he knew of him. He didn't like him very well. There was, there was a rival playing the same position I have. I mean, he was a he was somebody I was trying to beat. They got to know each other a little bit on the field last year, over the offseason this year, and now they really consider themselves friends. They compare notes. The rivals on the field, though, they went up against each other on uh, a couple of weeks ago in Southwest and Washburn met. Southwest won by three, I think it was. But Flaskamp had 13 tackles. Flaskamp also gained more than 100 yards rushing that game. It was like 189. So, uh, yeah, these are two big-time football players. And, you know, the thing that I, I liked about both of these stories is that we're talking about kids from the city. Um, I mean, yeah. these are the city conferences are long overlooked in terms of football. They don't get a whole lot of respect for the quality of play that they have outside of Minneapolis North. But it shows that there's still good football and quality football and good fo- football worth reporting on coming out of the cities. And, uh, and I like to see that. Absolutely. And we're both products of the Twin Cities. And, and uh, uh, before you left us for, was it Long Prairie? <laughs> yeah, I did. You stayed, you yeah. stayed long enough. You can claim it. You can claim uh, it. Yeah, I was up there. I was up there for a couple of years. And you dad. spent your childhood at Moby Dix. So, every, you know, you still, you still qualify. But that was an Oh, my place. goodness. Did we spend time at Moby Dix? Um, <laughs> when I was of age. I will say that when I was of age. That's right. That's right. Anyway. So, you know, and, and so it's kind of nice to report on, on what's actually going on on the field instead of all the COVID circumstances and the rigmarole that's going on around football right now. Uh, playoffs are next Tuesday. Um, your thoughts on any of the brackets? Did you have a chance to look them over at all? Most yeah, of the yeah. class, the smaller classes outside of Class 6A, have not been completely 100% seeded or announced yet. So maybe we'll just limit it to 6A at this point. Well, and I think that we can start with uh, kind of, you know, we've gotten used to 6A uh, operating a little bit differently uh, because they only have uh, 31 or 32 teams. And so they play uh, right away, like their first game would be on a Friday and then they play the next or, or Thursday and then they play the next Thursday or Friday. This year, it's, they're going to look like everybody else. They're going to open the playoff round on a Tuesday. The winners will play on Saturday. And the winners will play again either the following Friday or Saturday. And they will be uh, – we're going to get down to a final four um, in 6A, and those final four will be known as bracket champions. That's going to be their distinction of, of merit this year because there is no state tournament. Um, so that's, that's one thing to know about 6A. Um, as far as the matchups go, um, I agree with you. Uh, the one surprising number one seed was Stillwater. Uh, I just, because I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they lost two games by, I think it was 94 or 95 to nothing. Um, but you know, know, so it's kind of like the argument I make about Randy Moss. I didn't feel he was a first team hall of famer because he was absolutely irrelevant for a year or two. And he shouldn't be irrelevant for a year or two and be a first ballot hall of famer. I don't think you can get blasted that bad twice and be a number one seed, but that's what they got. And they don't have to apologize to me or anybody else. Uh, so they're, they're going, um, you know, I'm really curious, uh, the one matchup that I'm looking most forward to, uh, if it, if the seeds hold is number one seed Lakeville South and number two seed Shakopee. I think that could be a really good game. Um, and, and that's the one that I'm holding out hope for coming as a football, the fan in me, I'm holding out hope for that matchup to happen because I think it's really going to be a good one. 
Is there another, is there one out there, whether it's a, a for certain matchup or a projected one that, that's got you excited? Well, you know, to be honest with you, that matchup I like a lot too, if it would come to fruition, because both teams run the ball. Um, and, and if we're going to have to be sitting outside watching these games, <laughs> go with the better. So I'm, 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 I'm all for run the ball first teams going far deep into the playoffs here. No, that that's 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 a game I, I kind of like to see. Interesting thing about six A is we only have twenty eight teams actually competing in the playoffs. Rather than, the original plan is thirty two. It was down to thirty one after I believe it was Coon Rapids opted out um, a few years back. So it's been thirty one for a couple of years. And this year, three teams have had to cancel the rest of their season due to COVID results, uh, including that's Buffalo Forest Lake and one of the top ten teams in the state, Maple Grove, who I think really hitting its stride at the end of the season. Um, and so that's why we're down to, to 28 teams. And we've got four buys. When you've ever seen that in the first round of a playoffs, four buys. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting. And I think that you, you'll agree with me in saying that as much as we want to look forward to matchups, we don't even know that we're going to have who we're going to have in the first round that there's right. going to be available to play those games. Um, one thing we do know is if a team has to opt out, their season is done and the person, the team that they were going to play is going to move on. And there won't be any finding of opponents like, like they've been doing during the regular season. So, well, and we, we, the brackets aren't set for 5A down to nine men as of this recording Friday about noon. But we do know, uh, for example, Jason Feldman of the Rochester Post Bulletin, he reported that uh, in section, or excuse me, class 5A, section one, four of the six schools in that section won't be able to play after Tuesday. So you've, and then there's other, uh, examples like that in, in, in different classes and in different sections. So I'm very curious how many holes they're going to be in those uh, section uh, brackets as you get from 5A down to 9-man. There's going to be a lot. Yeah, I mean, as, as the COVID numbers rise and more and more schools are going to distance learning and uh, they've got different metrics that they're following and, and uh, having to search and see who where those COVID cases are falling if it's community based if it's within the school itself and uh, uh we just don't know i mean and that's kind of been the theory theme for the entire season you talk about uh, stillwater now I, i'm just speculating on this but with stillwater losing two games by such wide margins but coming from playing so well at the end of the season you normally would attribute that to a growth of a team but this year you can't know you have no idea if a team that was playing so well suddenly had 12 kids uh, gone because of COVID uh, restrictions or quarantines or having to be hold, held out. Or if a team might have gotten a few players back at the end of the season, yeah. they were missing early. So that, that's, that's, that's the wild card in every game you go to. Are you, you have enough kids to play and are you missing, if you're missing kids, how crucial are they to your team? Um, for, for the for the record, I did ask Bo Labor, you know, was it injuries or did you guys have COVID? And he just said, well, we've had our issues. And that's all he said. And and but so I, so for the record, I did ask, but your overall point is well made. We, there's there's a lot of coming and going and availability of players, whether it's injury or COVID or whatever. And it's it's just so fluid. Um you know, you know, I think it's enough. I think, you know, we, we, people gripe about seven classes of football and everyone gets a medal. I think if, if you're still standing at the end of this, that's worth something because not everybody can say that. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, as gripes, and this is my transition, I'm wondering, have you seen this Minnesota High School League uh, initiative to sell hoodies for this season? 
Um, now, I know that the high school league, without having state tournaments, where they usually sell some sort of commemorative gear, T-shirts, long sleeve T-shirts, hoodies, things like that, reflecting a state tournament. They don't have that to do that. So they've got, they've replaced that with these a season to remember hoodies that the high school is outing, selling to, to kids that I think they're sport specific in a lot of ways. Um, but for some reason, I, I just can't get over the fact that these are so misguided um, that we are, the high school is selling sweatshirts with uh, 2020 season to remember that that's so callous and tone deaf of what they're trying to do. This is a season to forget. If you ask me so many people, yeah. so many, so much tragedy and so much hardship that have been affected them over this season uh, with um, problems with COVID kids that have had parents and grandparents and friends and people they know pass away or, or have lost jobs and had their, their lives affected and turned upside down because of this. And then the high school league turns around and, and has a, a callous flippant attitude trying to make light of it saying, Oh, it's a season to remember. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm stunned that they haven't taken more heat for this. Uh, you know, they weren't selling sweatshirts in New Orleans after after Hurricane Katrina, saying Hurricane Katrina, um, a flood of unforgettable memories. You know, this is something that I think the high school need, high school league needs to be called out on. If you want to represent or sell uh, representative and reflective shirts to the kids, you don't need to have this ridiculous phrase on the front of it, and whether they try to explain it or not, it's wrong. It's it's, it's making light of a, a very serious issue uh, and trying to diminish it, trying to you know, take it and, and make it into a, a less big deal, a smaller deal than they it should be. And they should have recognized it right away. Matter of fact, the Twitter and Twitter, uh, Twitterer, I try to call him a Twitterer in chief over the high school league, had an extremely offensive response when someone called him out on that and said, well, then don't buy one. It's like, well, no, that's missing the point altogether. You shouldn't be making light and diminishing what is a very, very serious issue that affected a lot of people. And I saw a statistic the other day that said since the ad onset of COVID and the, the lockdowns, um, suicides are up 200%. So there's so much tragedy going on with COVID to just casually um, throw out a, a flippant statement like that. Just offends me to no end. I'm calling you out, high school league. You should have put the should have recognized that right away. You should have just gone without any sort of uh any sort of uh, phrase phraseology on the on the sweatshirt. Well uh, there's two there's two things that come to mind for me. One, there is a minority of people who appreciate the sweatshirt and are going to buy one because they do think it's a worthwhile keepsake. So there is that 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 fraction of the population does exist. Uh, secondly, we don't know quite what the profit margin is for the high school league. I know your point was about what it represents. People also raise the question, oh, you know, you're trying to balance the books with, with these, you know, sweatshirts. We don't know what kind of profit they're making. I don't think it's going to make up their giant deficit. Um, but, but, but I think where this gets into trouble, there's already people in leadership and, and that are part of task force that are already saying, you know, in retrospect, we probably could have had state tournaments, uh, particularly in soccer. And so it, it makes the it makes the sweatshirt, you know, it, it makes defending it get that much more thin. Personally, yes, I think this will go down as the high school league's four seasons total landscaping moment. <laughs> but, you know, I, and I, I agree with you. 
you should have something to commemorate. A lot of kids had good years this year. There's nothing wrong with that. You just didn't need to put some sort of callous, lighthearted, happy-go-lucky phraseology on there when you're reflecting on something that was is so serious and so troubling and so overarching for everything here. Um, so many kids lost entire seasons and uh, the opportunities to play um, that I think it was just, it was, it was really a, a silly idea. But, you know, and as far as, as far as profits go, you're absolutely right. Now, I wouldn't have any problems if the high school league went and said all profits are given to COVID related charities, then I could understand it a little bit more, but still it's, it's, it has rubbed me the wrong way for a long time. And I can't believe the high school league never really addressed it. Saw the, uh, the, this poor decision. Well, and I just, this is great because we've had a, this is cathartic. This is the talking me, therapy hour. And I'm glad that you were able to get it off your chest and then kind of cleanse this. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I'm so, feel so light. I'm just going to go around the house now. <laughs> I, I thought you had a gripe. I heard you had a gripe you had. I had a gripe. Yeah. You said you had something about the high school league, that you're, something that you were, you were concerned about today. Is there what's, What's been on no, here? no, I actually, I, no, I, my, my decks are clear. Uh, everything's fine. Um, you know, we, I, I'd, I'd like to have space heaters in a press box for, for this time of year. That's my only gripe on, on my mind today. I'd like, I like press boxes. I just like being in a press box. So That's I, good I point. press boxes more than I ever did. Well, I, I think that's what we're going to wrap up right uh, with right there. Thanks for joining us with, uh, the, uh, talking about football and some of our complaints that go on um we'll join you next week for another edition of the star tribune uh, talking press appreciate it